Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Way to hire. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds. It's in the hands of the coach's son. How about that? Is that appropriate? Don't you know just someday he'll be a coach of his own program. <laughs> this is becoming a family dynasty, if you will. And Dutch, what a year he's had, too. and the Huskies have their dreams come true. Yeah, yeah. With John Neighbors. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. And Joe Franklin. We won't go in the shell. We're going to go in attack mode because that's what's required. On 1037 The Buzz. Two hours down, one hour to go. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great estate of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin, Trent Daniel, all broadcasting live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios with you today. And thank you, as always, for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon. It's Trigger Tuesday, and I know we're going to be joined by Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South here in just a little bit. Get to catch up with him about some football side of things, but uh, do have a, a little bit of breaking news, if that's what you want to call it. But Arkansas basketball has landed a transfer. That's right, folks. They have gotten their first transfer portal commitment, and it is Keon Minifield. He is the Washington transfer. He's 6'1", 170-pound guard out of Flint, Michigan. Uh, he is actually one of the most young, promising young transfers in the portal. He was uh, currently ranks at 53rd overall in uh, the transfer portal rankings and was a four-star player coming out of high school. Uh, I'm just reading this from uh, hogsports.com and uh, what uh, Curtis Wilgerson saying about it. He says uh, he's coming off of a campaign where he earned Pac-12 all-freshman team and he averaged 10 points, 3.1 assists, and three rebounds and one steal per game. So uh looked like uh, that's a, uh, it's a pretty incredible thing. And also, his uh, 1.8 assist to turnover ratio led all Pac-12 freshmen there in the entire conference. So, yeah, so there's that. And as uh, they uh, continue to try to add some players there too, and, and it looks like he shot 41% from the field, 33% from three, and just 70% at the free throw line. So, you know, I don't know if he's going to be known for uh, being a, an elite shooter or anything like that, but looks like they're trying to get some help at the point guard position. As uh, Anthony Black, you would think going to be moving on to the NBA as an officially announced but a uh, nice little get for Eric Musselman and co and you know we know that they're not done yet they got plenty more to yeah, be looking I at s- too I also see right there the same link that it looks like Alabama Tennessee Ohio State we're after him too so Good you know, enough I for me. like to look at those teams you know who else who else is after the guy yeah uh, it tells you a lot well and also it's like one of those deals where it's like Mus knows what he does and knows how to do it in the transfer portal because even if it's guys that yeah, highly coveted guys are great too. But even if it's guys like you know, I bring up Jalen Tate like that year. It's yeah. like he, he wasn't he was a highly good. recruited or highly sought after day, but he just he was really good at it. Like JD Note was really good too. So they got a few guys that they're going to be adding into the portal. But that's the first one getting a getting a guard and know that uh, he's excited to uh, to join Arkansas. So hopefully uh, he'll be able to add some uh, much needed help into the mix there too. But we'll talk about that as well as a lot of other things too because we know with uh, spring football going on as well as the NFL draft coming up, uh, there's still some football to be discussed and there's no better person to discuss those things than Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South. So let's go ahead and go to the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline and welcome him in. And uh, Connor, we appreciate you joining us. Sorry we had to postpone and uh, with everything going on last week, but uh, appreciate you being flexible and coming on with us this afternoon, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. You know, if I can't um, if I can't adjust my schedule for what you guys were dealing with late last week, man. I, I mean, goodness gracious, seeing some of that footage that's come out these last few days. You know, thoughts and prayers, obviously, with with everybody that has been impacted by that. But man, like that, seeing some of those some of those images, it was just absolutely wild. 
Yeah, we well, we appreciate it, man. And yeah, it's a, it's an ongoing thing, but definitely could have been a lot worse than what it was. So we're thankful for that. But uh, we know that with uh, you know spring football coming up, which I know we'll talk about here in a second. But uh, the NFL draft is of course upon us. It'll just be here in a few weeks. And I, I don't know, maybe maybe you can say otherwise. But I feel like in this year's upcoming draft, I can't remember a time where more SEC quarterbacks were being discussed as being potential first-round picks. Again, maybe there was other times, too, but when you're talking about Bryce Young, you're talking about Will Levis, now you're talking about Anthony Richardson, who's been coming along, too, uh, there's potential to where you could see at least three SEC quarterbacks drafted in this year's NFL draft. John, I think you hacked into my computer because, I kid you not, like an hour ago, I'm writing this story for SDS. I'm like, this is going to be a historic draft for SEC quarterbacks because of the very point that you just mentioned. You're right. There's never been a draft like this for SEC quarterbacks. In fact, the only time the SEC has ever had multiple quarterbacks drafted in the first round, it was 2020. It was Joe Burrow going number one overall and Tua of course, going to the Miami Dolphins. Other than that, man, like no year that we've ever seen that happen. And here we are seeming like, okay, it's going to be three in the first half of the first round. I mean, I think it'd be a surprise. Even looking at McShay's latest mock draft, which came out today, I mean, he's like the lowest that I've seen on Will Levis, and he has him at 14. And then, oh, by the way, Hendon Hooker was thrown in his first round. So, I mean, there's possible first four quarterbacks from the SEC to go in the first round, which that has never happened before from any conference. The only time in which we have ever seen a conference have three quarterbacks drafted in the first round was the Big 12 back in 2012. And that year, you know, it was, it was RG3, it was Ryan Tannehill, it was Brandon Whedon. And ironically enough, like AM was literally going to the SEC two months after that. So this would be a historic flex for the SEC, which obviously has no shortage of historic draft flexes. Connor, rank and assess those four quarterbacks, if you will. Um, Anthony Richardson is somebody that he put his talent on display and showed his athleticism. But from what you've seen from those four quarterbacks and how they played in the SEC and where they are now, how, how would you rank the four of them? I would go uh, Bryce Young, one. I would have Hennon Hooker, two. I would have Will Levis, three. I would have Stetson Bennett, fourth. I would have, hmm, is there anybody else in three? And then I would have Anthony Richardson somewhere at the bottom of that heap. Um, it, it blows me away seeing the conversation about him. But what's the point of playing football anymore? Seriously, like, what's the point of playing football and actually trying to complete passes if all you have to do is show up to the combine? make everybody's jaw drop with your vertical, throw against air at a pro day, hit the ceiling, throw from sitting on your butt, which is literally a thing that you will never do at a football game. I can promise you that. And what, 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 like, what's the point of actually playing football if that's the evaluation process? If that's the evaluation process, why does Joe Milton need to play this season? Sure, he's been benched twice for how he actually plays football, but get Joe Milton in these situations and he'll look exactly like Anthony Richardson is. It, it blows me away. And look, I'd be much more comfortable taking Will Levis as like an early second round type guy and hope that he ends up being a little bit of a Jalen Hurts type. I think the skill set is kind of similar, though the arm strength is obviously very different with those two guys coming out. But yeah, it just kind of blows me away to see this conversation about these guys who, quite frankly, haven't necessarily proven that they can play football at a very high level yet. And the track record for Power 5 guys doing that and then getting drafted in the first round and becoming a thing in the NFL, it is not very good. So, just about Anthony Richardson, I know you kind of you, you laid it out there, too. Is it just been people falling in love with that stuff from the Combine? Has there been, like, maybe he's actually been pretty good, but maybe being held back by certain circumstances? I, I just feel like these NFL scouts know what they're doing. They've been doing it a long time, and I don't feel like they would go all gaga over somebody that didn't at least have something to them. But why would you think that this has just have a meteoric rise from where he was at the season end to where he's at now where he's possibly going to be in first-round pick? Oh, because if he's just working out, he, if he's just working out and if you could put together a four-minute highlight clip, you're, the, the Cam Newton comparisons are there. Everything else, he is the opposite of Cam Newton. He didn't lift a team that had no talent around him like Cam Newton did back in 2010 when he lifted them to a national championship, a team that didn't have a single NFL player on the offensive side of the ball outside of Cam Newton. And here we are saying, oh, you know, Anthony Richardson, he had drops, he didn't have help. 
give me a break. Guys playing at Florida. This isn't Josh Allen playing at Wyoming over here. Like, this is ridiculous to think that this guy is getting this type of love, despite the fact that if you watched him this year when he's losing to Vandy, when he's playing in a game against Florida State, which he goes like two hours of real time without completing a pass, you're just like, what? What are? What is, what's the point? You can look at back at all of his big runs that he had in college. And it's when the defense is playing single coverage and they turn around and they forget that they have this Anthony Richardson guy that's capable of running all over them, much like Utah did in the opener, much like LSU did in that play to start off the fourth quarter. It blows me away to see that we continue to ignore actually completing passes at the quarterback position, which last I checked, that's the most important thing. Nobody in this draft does that better than Bryce Young. I understand the size. I also understand that guy missed less time in his career than Will Levis, who's built like a brick house. So what are we really doing here when we evaluate these guys? It seems to be that there's uh, the Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts effect, strong run game with the quarterback being part of that, strong defense, and then just make the throws on play-action plays. That that seems to be kind of how the league is turning, and that is part of the reason that they're falling in love with that type of player. Because you see that Jalen Hurts, the way they play, they made it to the Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson has been an MVP before. Yeah, I mean, no, there, there's no doubt about it. And, and Josh Allen was somebody who I criticized coming out. And uh, what I what I think is also worth noting is that Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, those guys don't succeed everywhere. Now, there are very few quarterbacks who probably you could just put them in any sort of system and, and they succeed. You know, Andrew Luck is obviously the prototype. I think Bryce Young this year, despite his size, I think that guy goes to anywhere and makes that team better and at least makes them a playoff team. But you look at the things around them and you're like, wait a minute. So the, the accuracy is, is a problem. The fact that there was not a get right. Billy Napier could not find a get right for Anthony Richardson. That wasn't even swing passes. That wasn't design run. They couldn't figure out ways to use him. And on top of that, Say what you want about you know guys like Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Those guys had reps. Those guys had starts at the FBS level. Anthony Richardson still doesn't even know who he is yet as a quarterback because the guy only had one year as a starter. He's only had one year to really figure out what's going wrong when he goes from these when he's in the midst of these droughts. And you don't get that when you're a backup and you're playing you know in a package like what he was playing behind with Emory Jones in the last year of the Dan Mullen era. So I look, I wanted Anthony Richardson to succeed in the NFL. Getting to see the best version of him would be awesome for me as a viewer at home, but I just highly doubt the, the comps and the, the faith that these, that these front offices have in being able to develop a skill set that, in my opinion, is still far ways away. Speaking with Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. So, Connor, you know, going back to, of course, you kind of have a few first-round picks. Do you feel like this is going to be an anomaly, or do you think next year will there be maybe possibly something similar? Like, what's the quarterback class as far as uh, – not only uh, what they can do on the field, but possibly being draftable quarterbacks and maybe being first-round guys. You know, I think that this, these last few years have kind of shown us that we can really see these guys kind of come up out of, out of thin air. I mean, I think that is all very much on the table. And, you know, uh, it, it's really difficult to forecast what it's going to look like next year when these way-too-early mock drafts come out. Because I will guarantee you, aforementioned Joe Milton, he is going to be in the first round of these way too early mock drafts, despite the fact that that guy has been benched at two different Power 5 programs. But he played well in the Orange Bowl, played well in that game against Vandy this past year, replacing Hennon Hooker. So I, I look at it and I say, okay, if, if, that, if this is the, the bar that we're evaluating quarterbacks, Joe Milton is probably going to have a good chance to be part of that conversation as long as he doesn't get benched. And then you look, uh, you know, you look at guys like Devin Leary, who... You know, physically speaking, he's very different than Will Levis, but the system and his experience, he's going to be, you know, he's 23 years old. He's going to be 24 in September. He's somebody that could be on the, on the radar. I don't know that KJ is going to get that first round consideration, despite the fact that obviously the size is there. I thought he really improved last year. We talked a lot about that. He is my number one quarterback in the SEC coming into this upcoming year, but can he make all of those throws that are asked of you at the next level? His, his ability to adapt to Danny Nose's scheme will, will determine if he's part of that conversation. But, yeah, I mean, Spencer Rattler, of course, is, a, is an interesting one given his history. But it feels like we're going to have those guys in the conversation. But being there next year, I don't think we're going to see it as good as what's going to be happening in a few weeks here. What happens with Jalen Carter? Some teams, the Raiders specifically, have dropped him off. Their board, his stock seems to be dropping. And then it came out that he and his camp are only going to meet with teams that are drafting in the top 10. 
Yeah, it's weird, guys. It's really weird. And uh, I've kept really close tabs on, on Jalen Carter because he's from Apopka, where I live. And I, I know people that know him and have followed his career really closely. And it's never been a question about the physical abilities. And, and we saw that really come together. I mean, he was one of the most dominant players on the defensive side of the ball in the latter half of the season we've seen in recent memory in college football. And he is a game wrecker. I don't know that he gets out of the top ten. As weird as this has all been with his role in, you know, getting in getting arrested for the tragedy that that took place, obviously in Athens, and obviously the way that things played out at pro day with him only wanting to do positional drills and then not being able to finish that, and now this discussion about he's only going to be the team for the top ten. It feels like he's trying to control the narrative more so now, and in his camp, the way that they've approached this is certainly head scratching, but. I think somebody's going to take a chance on the ability because it's a really rare skill set. If you can take a chance on a guy who might be Quinnen Williams 2.0, I think you probably end up doing that, despite the fact that everybody, by the time the draft day rolls around, is going to know the risk. But his ability is just second to none, and I think he ends up going in the top ten. Connor, I know that a lot of teams are going through spring practices right now, and they're going to have spring games here in the coming weeks. And maybe it's just because I've been so wrapped up in, in basketball and, and, and baseball and everything else. But I feel like the spring practice, at least in the SEC, has been quiet. There hasn't really been a whole lot. In fact, the only thing I could even really point to as far as some sort of storyline or whatever is when Nick Saban says there's no such thing as wrong place, wrong time with one of our players because he's yep. presumably taking a shot at Nate Oates even though he said nothing to do with it, which we all know better. But do you get the same vibe that's been pretty quiet for the most part in the SEC? No Jimbo Lane Kiffin you know, bouts or anything like that? It just seems like it's been low-key. A little quiet. Yeah, a little too quiet. And I've noticed the same thing. You know, Jimbo, um, the way that he handled his first press conference, talking about Bobby Petrino's role in the offense. That was, that was a little bit of a head-scratcher, but not ultimately something that, okay, we're going to be talking about his exact quotes, you know, a few months from now. Um, but I, I think, you know, interesting to see Hugh Freeze talk about wanting to play these exhibition games against other teams, you know, a group of five school, maybe even an FCS school, instead of having the intra-squad scrimmage. And it's interesting for a lot of these SEC teams who, look, we've got 10 new offensive coordinators in the SEC, of course, one in the great state of Arkansas with Dan Enos. And you're looking around going, man, it's difficult to evaluate quarterbacks with the intra-squad scrimmages, and especially if you're a new coaching staff and you're evaluating a mobile quarterback like Robbie Ashford, you really can't get those live looks in the way that you want to. And the way that the transfer portal is set up now, I totally side with you, Freeze, and wanting to be able to see what you have because if he doesn't have a guy and if he feels like, all right, you know what, I, I don't really like this skill set, I don't see enough from him from an accuracy standpoint, you've got to be super aggressive in that post-spring transfer portal window that's available. So there's a lot of a lot of moving pieces, I feel like, with SEC offenses, and maybe that's when we're going to see some noise made post-spring, and we're going to see a lot of these teams maybe make a change at quarterback, or we're going to hear some more developments in that area. How would something like that work? Is the idea to have it similar to spring practice where you're not actively tackling, or are they talking about tackling like it's a real game since you're lining up against a different team? I think it's tackling like it's a real game. I mean, look, like what's what's the point of that as opposed to just doing, you know, you know, having an inter squad game if you're not gonna be tackling live and, and being able to run your actual plays. I, I think that's what he wants. Now, the pushback is obvious and it's the entire reason that it hasn't happened yet. The first coach that has a starter go down with a season ending injury is just gonna be ripped to shreds because that's life in the SEC. I mean, go back if you want to go back to an interesting storyline, look at Dan Reeves, back when he was with the Falcons, Michael Vick goes down in a preseason game, and he gets fired as a result of that. I mean, these things can totally change the trajectory of a coach, of a program, given what's at stake. I don't think it's going to happen, but I totally understand why there are certain coaches who would like to be able to, to see kind of how that would play out. Now, uh, Connor, I know uh, we've been talking a lot of football with you, but something I wanted to bring up is you wrote an article just a few days ago uh, about Eric Musselman and why he's your top coach in the SEC. You're a football guy, so why are you writing things about basketball and about Eric Musselman? What what is this about? <laughs> I I have dude like this time of year. I do like th- like three four weeks of basketball content. That's just every single day. So anytime anytime we want to talk hoop, I'm I'm your man for that. Um, and as well as Adam Spencer, Joe Cox, who do great work for us over at SaturdayDownSouth.com. Shameless plug. Um, yeah, I think he only widened his gap. I, I think that wasn't really a discussion coming into this year, and I think the way the NCAA tournament played out, 
wherein, once again, nobody in the SEC went further than Arkansas. How can you now say that Nate Oates is a better coach than, than Eric Musselman when Eric Musselman continues to maximize the potential of his team? And much like Thomas, oh, you'll be, you're beginning to say, well, they're just going to figure it out in March, and they're going to be able to make some sort of a run. Even if they get a 10 seed in the SEC tournament, they're going to continue to do that. I mean, think about this. There are only four active coaches right now that are riding a streak of three consecutive trips to the second weekend in the NCAA tournament. Derek Musselman, Calvin Sampson, Mark Hugh, Nick Cronin. Like, that's it. I mean, even Bill Self isn't on that list, in part because of what Arkansas did, of course, this year. But I think that you look at this and you, you have to appreciate a team that is playing its best down the stretch. Bruce Pearl, Nate Oates, Rick Barnes, these guys who are great coaches, even John Calipari recently. These coaches that we consider to be in the cream of the crop in the SEC and also in the cream of the crop nationally, they have struggled with that concept of getting their teams to play their best basketball down the stretch. Even with a team like Arkansas this year that had a lot of moving pieces, it felt like one step forward, two steps back with some of the injuries. They still got to the second weekend, and I think there's tremendous value in that. And That's why I think Eric Musselman's the best coach in the SEC. I was just happy they made it to the second weekend because I got to go to Vegas more than anything. I mean that that, that was <laughs> that was honestly the coolest part about it. Which uh, you know it's it's sometimes like last year you got to go to San Francisco, which wasn't bad, and the year before that was uh, Indianapolis. So uh, as long as he keeps winning, and I think Razorback fans are going to be always excited. Just going to be funny because every regular season it's going to come down to it's like struggles will happen, bad games will happen. Ah! Just wait. Just wait till March. That's really where it yep. matters the most, and that's and that's fine. That's fine as long as they keep up the success to go along with it. But Connor, we always appreciate you joining us, man. Great stuff as always. Enjoy the rest of spring football, and I know we'll be catching up with you later down the road, as well as basketball too, because you're a basketball guy now. <laughs> Love it. Appreciate it, guys. Stay safe. All right. Again, that was Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South joining us on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Outline. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll get to your Razor Hog update. We'll have some other headlines as well, and we'll keep it moving here on Out of Bounds on Trigger Tuesday. So stay with us. for Rainwater Holton Sexton. They'll help you weather the storm. Sports Arkansas baseball will not play today as their scheduled game with Arkansas State has been canceled due to weather. Arkansas will next play on Thursday as they travel to Oxford to take on Ole Miss in a three-game series. In SEC baseball news, Arkansas outfielder Tavian Josenberger was named Player of the Week yesterday. He had a 571 batting average with eight hits, including two doubles and two home runs, along with six RBIs. In the NBA, the Dallas Mavericks are seriously considering shutting down Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving to push for a top-ten pick, according to Sham Sharania. On just February 10th, they had a 96% chance of making the playoffs. Tonight in the NBA, the Grizzlies will get back to action as they host the Trailblazers at 7. Coverage for that game can be heard on 106.7 Buzz 2. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. Back in 1953, Whit Davis and his wife started Whit Davis Lumber Company. 70 years and four stores later, this family-owned business is still going strong. During their 70th anniversary sale, you'll find unbeatable deals on a variety of products. But if you're looking to score a deal on a grill, now's the time. They're offering $70 off any grill purchase now through April 15th. Go see my friends at Whit Davis and Jacksonville Cabot Greenbrier and Sherwood during their 70th anniversary sale going on now through April 15th. Greenway is your local source for John Deere equipment and implements. Now, we've made finding the perfect piece of equipment even easier. Shop our tractor packages online at gogreenway.com. Till deeper with our down-to-earth package. Or save big with our green saver package. Need something with a little more muscle? Kick it up a notch with Greenway's get-in-gear package. We're here to support the DIYer in you. No matter what project comes your way, Greenway has you covered. Your husband is pretty handy to have around. He makes the world's best mac and cheese. He's in the Tickle Monster Hall of Fame. (laughs) And he can teach anyone how to throw strikes. But a busted pipe and a basement full of water? Honey, I think we need a plumber. Is a little out of his league. That's where a homeowner's policy from Shelter Insurance comes in handy. We'll help get your house back in order and your husband back to what he does best. (laughs) 
See shelter agents Paul Griffin in Monticello, Paul Killingsworth in Cabot, or John Goins in Little Rock. Well, we finally made it. Warmer temperatures are upon us. You're going to want to get out and be on the lake or enjoy your favorite vacation spot, but you don't want to do it with achy joint pain. Hey, everybody, RJ Hawk here. If you've got that achy joint pain that I was just talking about, you need to go see my friends over at QC Kinetics today. They use the latest, most advanced regenerative treatments to end your pain, and they do it the natural way. Regenerative medicine harnesses your own body's healing agents to restore and repair damaged tissue, like in your knees, hips, shoulder, and even your back. This precision treatment is done in the office with no drugs and no downtime. Look, there's folks all over central Arkansas that is using QC Kinetics. In fact, my own neighbor came to me the other day and said he tried out QC Kinetics and said it has changed his life. It's time to end that pain and get your life back. Call QC Kinetics today for a free consultation. 501-222-8440. That's 501-222-8440. That's 501-222-8440. It's QC Kinetics. RJ Hawk here with Chris Roberts from Southern Bank. Chris, we always talk about lending, but we never talk about those checking and savings accounts. You know, RJ, we have a complete line of deposit products, from free checking to our competitive CD rates, all featuring our state-of-the-art online banking. And not to mention, you got a friendly face when you walk into Southern Bank. Just like the lending side, our retail folks do a fantastic job. Macy, Kristen, Courtney, and Vince are ready to talk to you about what Southern Bank can do for you. Visit them online today at bankwithsouthern.com or call them at 501-424-0900. Southern Bank member FDIC. Same great deals, all new location for Hogs Meat Market in North Little Rock at 3901 JFK Boulevard. Call them today at 501 758 7700 for all their specials at Hogs Meat Market. The Steak People. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Devo will be the trigger man with 801 to go. Black underneath, shot goes. Black got the feed from Devo, lays it in. Arkansas has opened up a 10-point lead. Biggest lead of the night. On 1037 the Buzz. Now when the sun come up, I'll be there to say what up in the morning. Brush my teeth, find that clip I've been looking for. To Trigger Tuesday here on Out of Bounds, John Neighbors, Joe Franklin. Got Trent Daniel, former Razorback, here in studio with us as well. Appreciate Connor O'Gara joining us in the previous segment. Talking a little football and spring football, but, I mean, that's, again, I think it's, pro- I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing or if it even matters, but. Uh, yeah, spring football has been really quiet. And I guess Razorback spring game is a week from this Saturday in Fayetteville, April 15th, I think, for those that are actually into those spring games, which I'm not. Yeah, well, there are a lot of people that are into them. Yeah. Uh, when you don't have anything else going on, but with success or some of the other sports, then it kind of pushes it to the wayside a bit, which it is a good thing. Yeah, and also helps that that weekend's Tennessee coming to town in baseball for a weekend series. So do a little double action there on that Saturday. So it's gotten like that to me with even being a baseball guy. Like we're in March Madness and stuff. I'm I'm hardly even watching the games at times. You know, it's like we're so we're there every year now. So I mean, my favorite sporting event probably. So it, it bleeds into baseball season for me in the same way. Yeah. So you like you like March Madness a oh, little man, bit I love more? It. Okay. Yeah. The, wow. the first weekend especially. I, I mean it. I would say it's probably my favorite sport in a minute. It's hard to – I don't like comparing some of those, but it it's hard to beat it, man. It yeah, really with is. all the teams that are involved yeah. in it. And yeah. Some of those buzzer beaters, some of the yep. upsets. Had a lot of that going on this year. Yeah. That, that first weekend, though, you got games the entire day, tipping off every, what, 15 minutes or so. I mean, it's just, wow. It's, yeah. it's hard to beat that. Yeah. No, I, I love it for that perspective, too, of just, uh, again, with the upsets and – you know, like seeing a team like Fairleigh Dickinson. Yeah. You know, I couldn't even tell where that's at, but then they, they go and win. I think I, there's some, it's amazing how I'm sure that there are so many schools out there that have had a huge increase and have established themselves as a school where they got more enrollment and, and, and more attention simply because they had a basketball team that did all right in the NCAA tournament. Like Florida Gulf Coast, you know, yeah. uh, 
Like, I wouldn't even probably know what Gonzaga was if it wasn't for them back in, I guess, what was it, 99 or whatever, making a run in the tournament. Sometimes, like, yeah, it's great for the sports and all that, but for these smaller schools, it's great for their entire school in general because people will be like, man, that looks like a fun spot. You learn more about them. They look like they got, uh, maybe it's in a cool city or somewhere close by that gets people excited about there, too, so... Yeah. yeah, Gonzaga was really put on the map, and then look where they are now. They're th- hmm. thought of as one of the better teams in college basketball. That's right. That's right. And then uh, even uh, places like, you know, with San Diego State, I know they had some success there with uh, Steve, Fi- Fisher. Steve Fisher and everything, but, you know, they're not a school that a lot of people consider, or, or but they, they were in the championship. FAU, same thing. It's like the only thing I really knew FAU was like, oh, yeah, that was a place that Lane Kiffin coached yeah. at, and, you know, Boca. football, and yeah, down there in Boca. And yet they were in the Final Four. Yeah. And so it's that's why I think it's, it's, again, many great things about the March Madness and Silly Tournament, but I always think it's cool when you see these Cinderella stories, these teams that nobody talks about, no one maybe gives credit. George Mason, you know, back then, uh, uh, same thing with Butler, VCU, places that wouldn't get the attention, but because everybody watches the NCAA Tournament, people know about these schools yeah. and where they're at. So. We actually played San Diego State. We played a four-game series there in 2011, and Tony Gwynn was still their head coach, and I got to meet him, get a sign ball. Oh, wow. It was a cool. It was awesome. Wow. Was so laid back, man. He was just sitting on the tur- shell watching BP. Super <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I, yeah, I won't ever forget something like that. One yeah. of the greatest hitters ever. Four game series. Doesn't seem like yeah. they do many of those no. anymore. Early in the year, I mean, it was fun. I mean, you get to go to San Diego and it's cold here, and that was a fun trip. Yeah, that's another thing with the non conference games. Like, I know they have some trips. I think that a couple of years ago when COVID hit, they were supposed to Arkansas was supposed to go to like East Lansing for Michigan State. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I know that they do these cool like preseason or at least early season tournaments and all yeah. that. But I'd like to see them get back to playing some. Some long-range home-and-homes and things like that. When you play series like that, of course, you're there to win. You're there to play games, but get a chance to get out and uh, do some touring. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, you know, you'll you'll get there a day earlier or so, get your practice in, you know, get on the field and all that, and then you've got free time to go out, do, I mean, go to the mall, go see a movie, you know, do whatever you want to do, really. I mean, within reason, and that's one of the best parts about when you go to all these SEC cities is, is getting to experience those towns. Yeah, but probably when uh, being a relief guy too, you know, it's like yeah. it's, you don't have to you don't have to make sure you're over there, you know, get taking a lot of BP just uh, hanging out and and doing that too, which uh, which is cool because we we were talking I guess during maybe the commercial break when uh, we, were, we were mentioning Ben McLaughlin, the Razorback guy who was a, a position player, an infielder, and he comes in to pitch and did really well. Uh, it was something that when I asked you, he was like you didn't hit at Arkansas. Like it just seems like different teams, different styles, different coaches, but it's not even just like a today's thing. David Horn just doesn't seem to do that very often if he can avoid it, where it's like, hey, if you're a pitcher, you're going to pitch, and if you're an infield, you're going to infield, and if you're an outfield, you're going to out. Like, it's just very defined as yeah. far as our roles go. Yeah, and you know, I mean, that, it, ta- it does take a special talent at that level to do both. I mean, I think we rattled through Evan Lee and then Brett Obner are like the last two I could think of for a long time. And, I mean, Evan Lee's in double-A, whatever. I mean, I even be in triple-A now, but... The special talent of guys is just hard to do both. It really is, especially at that level. Does he even recruit guys like that usually? I mean, I, I, don't, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, honestly, I, I don't know his recruiting <laughs> tactics. I don't know well, about all that. Things, you, you stumble on a guy, and he does. he's really good at both, and I, I, I couldn't tell you. I've never been out recruiting. Yeah. It just makes me think, you know, it's not going to happen. But, like, you know, if, if a Shia Tani came in and Dave Van Horn had him come in, it's like, <laughs> what's he going to be doing? You know, is he going to be like, hey, you're going to play, uh, you're going to be hitting out here, you're going to be pitching? Or is it just, I would hope he's doing both. Yes, yes. <laughs> hopefully Dave is like, you know what? We'll make an exception yeah. for you. We'll make an exception yeah, for you. Yeah, those guys are special. Yeah, special. yeah, yeah. they are. Uh, speaking of, uh, real quick for the Razor Hog update, opening day, what you, what'd you make of uh, for Major League Baseball and all I that? I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was good to see. It, it kind of crept in. I felt like you didn't – it kind of seems like an issue with MLB a little bit, not too much talk about it. You know, it's kind of like, whoa, it is opening day. And um, I watched I watched my share games, but um, it's, it's good to see it back and see how that pitch clock – works through the year with them too you know it's a, something they're adjusting to as well yep. there's a difference that uh they're implementing now with every team playing at least two games against every team in the league yep. before it was like they would match up divisions but now it makes sense to play every team within major league baseball yep. yeah i think so I, li- I like balancing it out a little bit more and you see in some of our sports we don't have that and it's just kind of 
kind of funky a little bit. But yeah, I like to see the balance for sure. Is it? Am I crazy? Wasn't there like just like a bunch of like a two like old people that used to make the schedule like in Northeast or something like that? I think they still major? do. Do they still? Okay, I didn't know if that was still a thing or not. Somebody I, and so I thought somebody was screwing with me. I'm like, no, it's just like these old people up in the, like yeah. New York, and I'm like, whatever. There's no way that they still do that. But maybe that's the case. Maybe they're the ones that are making it. So that I don't takes know. It's quite a bit of work there. I can't imagine trying to put 162 together like that and, for 30 ooh. teams. Yeah. Yeah. Lord. And then you know trying to balance it out yeah. as much as possible, and then travel and mm-hmm. you know making sure. So yeah, I'm sure that there's a reason why. Uh, you know that it was working that way too. Yeah. But yeah, I, listen. If, they, if there's a bunch of old people out there making schedule, pay them a lot of money because that's that's a lot of work. That's for sure. All right, we just got a few minutes before we take a break. But real quick, let's go ahead and jump into your Razor Hog update presented by True Service. Guys, I've got just one thing I want to say to you. Touchdown, Arkansas! Arkansas wins the national championship. The Arkansas Razorbacks have completed the dream season. Hot by. This is your Razor Hog Update on Out of Bounds, presented by True Service Community Federal Credit Union, where they offer new mortgage loans, refinancing, auto loans, and small business loans. Online at trueservice.net. All right, so for your Razor Hog Update, some developments on the basketball side of things, as we know that Ricky Council the fourth. Officially announced that he will be declaring for the NBA draft. And I uh, did not leave any sort of option of him coming back, but I guess it might be there. I don't know. I feel like he's gone. Moving on. And we wish him the best of luck. He was a great player for Arkansas. Great pickup. And uh, hopefully he finds a way to get drafted into the NBA and have a very illustrious career with uh, whichever team ends up drafting him. And when the draft taketh away... You also are given someone from the transfer portal because Keon Minifield has committed to Arkansas, the transfer out of Washington, averages about 10 points per game. And uh, I texted a, a few guys that do the national side of things as far as for 247 sports, and I just asked them simply, I'm like, is Minifield a legit player? And they're like, think of Sharif Cooper from Auburn. I was like, oh, okay. Okay, I hope you're right. Yeah. I'm not going to try to try to manage the expectations, but if he's anywhere close to that, I'll be a fan of him. So, uh, he's got great highlights, too. And if you uh, go to Buzz John Neighbors, I retweeted some of his highlights. Uh, looking really good. And, again, I know it's everybody looks good on a highlight film. I had a football team that went 1-9 and nine in junior high. We had a highlight film. You would have thought we went undefeated. So, there's a lot more to it. But uh, definitely a good get for Eric Musselman. And we're going to be waiting on some of these other players to announce what they're going to be doing. Guys like Anthony Black. Uh, obviously, you know, people that might be transferring in or out or whatever it may be. Uh, it's still going to be a crazy week, but we're going to go uh, and talking about more of that, I'm sure, tomorrow because there will be some more news coming out from that as well. And then some other news. I love the uh, Hawks, uh, the preseason, way too early, top 25, stupid stuff in basketball. Well, ESPN and CBS both have Arkansas at number 12 because they know exactly what the roster is going to look like for everybody. I would take that for whatever it is and what it means, but it's still pretty cool. Obviously, we're talking about baseball and uh, with Dave Van Horn, and we know with the bullpen, uh, it was something that performed really well against Alabama in that game three. I thought it was uh, pretty fascinating to hear from Dave Van Horn what he had to say about that performance. The bullpen was great. I mean, we we could we would be outswept if it wasn't for the bullpen. And I love good starting pitching, but the bullpen that that's going to determine if you have a good team or not because the games are one seven through nine. Uh, I mean, seventh, eighth, and ninth innings is that's when games are. If you can't stop people, you got a little lead there, and you can't stop people when you get your starter out. It's demoralizing. And you know what Smith did yesterday, and then what you know Carter and Hadcock and and Wood did today. I mean, it was couldn't have drawn it up any better. Looking back on it, and uh, you know those guys, they obviously none of the guys I just mentioned will will throw at all until next weekend. But it's a short week for us. Because we play Thursday, Friday, Saturday this week coming up. So uh, you won't see them on the mound Tuesday, that's for sure. Well, it ended up being an even shorter week because you didn't have to play Arkansas State as that game was canceled. It's supposed to be happening tonight, but due to the impending weather, uh, that will not be happening. But, you know, it might be something that is a silver lining because of that early series start with Thursday nights being the first Razorback game against Ole Miss in that series. So there you have it. There's your Razor Hog update. Presented by True Service. We'll take our final break. When we come back, we'll get to three it out, close up shop, and get you ready for Drive Time Sports. All coming up next.
This is Pat Bradley for Brewskies. If you got a birthday, anniversary, graduation, or other celebration coming up, you can celebrate your event in style with a private VIP section and bottle service at Brewskies. Each Brewskies VIP section comes with your own server, no line, no wait entry, and a complimentary bottle of champagne to get the party started only at Brewskies. It's Taco Tuesday at Brewski's. $1.50 street tacos, $5 signature 22-ounce margaritas, $3 Jose shots, and trivia at 7 p.m. Taco Tuesday at Brewski's. Hello, folks. It's Frank Fletcher from the Fletcher Dodge Store here in Sherwood. For the past few months, we've been asking you to give us a chance to buy your cars, and the response has been great. We really appreciate all of you who brought your cars in and turned it into cash. We've purchased hundreds of cars from fine people just like you. Folks, we're still buying cars every day. So look around and see what you or your family has in the garage that you want to turn into cash. It's really easy, folks. Just come into Fletcher Dodge and ask for Chris or Andy. We'll buy any vehicle and we'll pay you more than anyone. We can't find enough vehicles at the auto auctions to meet the demand. So we're extending you this offer to the public. We'll pay you more, so don't wait. We've purchased hundreds of cars from fine people just like you. Come see us today for the best cash offer on your car, truck, van, or SUV. Just ask for Chris or Andy. We'll pay you more, so come see us at Fletcher Dodge on Warden Road in Sherwood. Thanks. Do you have a car that was damaged beyond repair during the storm with no insurance or liability on it? Asher Record Service will remove your car and store it for two weeks with no charge to you. Call 562-2293 or email asherrecord at gmail.com for details. Listen for Oakwan Handicapping on the Zone with Nancy Holtis, presented by Sam's Pizza Pub in Hot Springs on Lake Hamilton. Sam's is known for thin, crispy pizza with an abundance of toppings and cheese. Sam'sPizzaPub.net in the Hot Springs with live music every weekend and family-owned since 1980. Guys, if you've noticed a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low T. Schedule your complete health assessment at Low T Center today. They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for $155 a month, cash pay, or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near a Low T Center or you just need the convenience of at-home treatments, Low T Center makes it easy. To get started on treatment, only your first two visits are in person. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Wes Moore. Coming up Wednesday in the zone, we're talking Razorback baseball. No midweek game this week with Arkansas State due to weather, but now Arkansas is getting ready for Ole Miss. John Mark Goins brings us Hagen Smith. The Razorback pitcher will join us and talk a little bit about those Rebels. Also, Kevin Kelly, thanks to our friends at Bowen Hefley Orthopedics. We'll talk a little NFL with Coach Kelly and a whole lot more. Join us for the zone. It's where sports and entertainment come crashing together. Emily and her friends were driving to a party, and they were texting. It's Jen. Oh, tell her we're on our way. Wow, get this. Tom's there. (laughs) Nobody likes being stopped by the police, but if I had seen her texting while driving and given her a ticket, it just may have saved her life. You drive, you text, you pay. A message from the Arkansas State Police Highway Safety Office. Returns to Little Rock Simmons Bank Arena with Monday Night Raw, April 17th. You'll see the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, Bianca Belair, Seth Freakin' Rollins. This is Seth Freakin' Rollins time, baby. <laughs> Bobby Lashley, Austin Theory, Becky Lynch, and many more of your favorite superstars in action. Tickets start at $20. Available now at Ticketmaster. Fire up the grill this summer with the highest quality of meats from Hogs Meat Market and their new location off JFK Boulevard in North Little Rock. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. Kane is in the building. Their time is done. It's over. Over? Did you say over? Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. 
Call Kenny Loggins because you're in the danger zone. I play real sports. I'm trying to be the best at exercising. It's time for three and out. It's been three hours, and we are boom out of here. All right, it is time for three and out. A few headlines, a few storylines, a few things that we got to dive into. Before we uh, close up shop, I know I, I know all of the uh, the movies and entertainment and, and all that stuff too. But I guess the uh, the very first trailer for this Barbie movie dropped with Margot Robbie, who I'm a fan of. She's great. It's got like Ryan Gosling in it, Will Ferrell's in it randomly. I watched the trailer. I still don't know what it's about. I know it's about Barbie, but it's like, is it going to be a comedy? Is it going to be like you know kind of self aware and the ridiculousness of it? Is it supposed to be taken seriously? I don't really know, but. It'll probably make money. I am low-key kind of... This is probably sad, but I am low-key kind of wanting to watch the Super Mario movie, Super Mario Brothers, because I was a Mario Brothers yeah. fan. So uh, I, I may check that out, but uh, hey, anything that they can to wrap around a big IP and make some money on it, they're going to do it. But uh, yeah, that, that, that trailer was released. Still don't know what it's about. Still doubt if I'm going to watch it, but I guess I'll just wait till the reviews come out of what people actually think about it, too. Fans are getting after the Milwaukee Brewers. They had their home opener versus the Mets, and uh, they had a flyover. The problem with the flyover is they had their roof closed. So Whoops. they do have a retractable roof, and so fans are saying, what was the purpose of the flyover if it's going to be closed? And some of the comments that came in, one of them said, taking bets on which NFL team this would happen to. <laughs> Guessing the Cowboys. Yep, like... I'm just envisioning that and, and, and laughing. I was like, man, if you're, if you're going to do a flyover, I guess you could do, like, drones, like, inside the stadium, you know, doing that flyover. But uh, I applaud the effort that they at least try to put into it as well. Uh, speaking of movies, I, I love these things that, uh, again, studies that always come out. And I know that, uh, of course, we're, we're full-grown adults here on this show. But there is a, a list of – this was according – to, I forgot who it was. It was like maybe Newsweek, but something. It says 10 disturbing movies millennial parents sh- show their kids. So they title it as disturbing movies. And I'm looking at them like, I don't know how these are disturbing. None of them is the Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. I was like, how is that a disturbing movie? It says that because the two dogs and the cat make it back home safely, but it's pretty traumatic watching them face constant peril. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of the thing about movies sometimes as kids. Like, sometimes per, uh, stuff like that happens. The movie Matilda. I watched that movie as a kid. I guess a girl having superpowers is pretty weird. Uh, there was also uh, Hook. I like the movie Hook with Robin Williams. And apparently that one was a weird one that they said was uh, disturbing. So I, I felt like those were shouldn't have been there. However, there are a few of them that I'm like, okay, I kind of get it. Like uh, Labyrinth, that movie with David Bowie and the puppets. Yeah, it's probably a little weird. The movie Willow. My brother liked the movie Willow. I thought it was weird. I think Val Kilmer was in it. It's about medieval stuff. It's kind of uh, odd there, too. And then uh, there was another one that uh, was Return to Oz. I never saw that one, and but I looked up at a picture of it. I'm like, yep, that's pretty disturbing there, too. So I think Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey is an awesome message and not a disturbing movie, so I have a problem with that. According to CBS Sports, they went through a list of players that they call sleepers to win the Masters. One of them being Jason Day. We have Justin Rose, Russell Henley, and finally Patrick Reed. So they feel like Patrick Reed has a great chance of winning the Masters, but that's part of their list of sleepers to win. He he won the Masters already, right? Yes. Yeah. What year was that? Uh, is it a few years ago? Yeah. Let's say wasn't I it wasn't recent, like real recently. But yeah, I hate that guy mainly because some people try to say that I looked like him, and that really made me mad. I was like, man, that makes it even worse. Um. So. Uh, Here's the thing about food, because we all love food, too. According to studies here, and this is also uh, via CNN as well as uh, a few other publications, they asked the poll question of pizza. Is it an Italian food or is it an American food? Because if you're going to go out for pizza, you never say you're going out for Italian food. You're just going out for pizza. And according to the studies that came out and uh, where it was, of course, introduced in the 50s uh, in Chicago with a certain sauce and all that, According to the study, 64% of Americans say, no, pizza is not an Italian food. It's actually an American food because they say that they have the best pizza. Don't know about that, but hey, if you want to claim it, then by all means, be our guest. The only school in Canada to have uh, an NCAA football program, they're actually dropping their program. Simon Fraser University, they are discontinuing football, and uh, who knew? that they actually had a football team that competed in Canada that was linked to the NCAA. 
Now, I know that when it comes to etiquette and manners and, and stuff like that, people have their own subjectivity to it all. But according to this study, 38% of people say it's totally fine to start eating at a restaurant before the entire party has arrived. I was taught that not until not only until they get there, but until everyone gets their food, you have to wait until you start eating. And 73% says it's not cool if that happens. They say that the only special circumstance is if your food is running late, it's a nice courtesy to let others know that they can begin while their food is hot. So if you don't get your food in time, you at least let them know. But uh, the fact that 38% of people just say, yeah, if they're not there yet, I'm going to start eating, man, kind of shows what's wrong with this country right there in that study. A couple in uh, Ohio, they wanted more cheese at Chipotle. They were demanding more cheese. And it got to the point where it got physical. They actually got into a fight with the employees, went behind the counter, throwing chairs, throwing trash cans, and they have been charged with robbery because they went behind the counter to grab more cheese themselves. Was that worth it is the ultimate question. Like, <laughs> Not even close. Yeah. So were they out of cheese and that's why they were being mad? Or were they just telling them, no, you don't get any more cheese? No, well, it was just, no, they weren't out of cheese. Okay. But they went behind the counter and, and they demanded more cheese. Or they demanded more cheese before going behind the counter. And I guess the employees told them they weren't getting any more cheese unless they paid extra money. But they felt like they needed more cheese without paying. Yeah, jeez. Some Lord. people out there, man, I just like I just don't understand it that these real people exist, but it is I true. Mean, you have to love cheese for that. But yeah, I mean, I, I love cheese too. Like if I go to Olive Garden, I'm like, yes, always. I want cheese on everything, but I ain't trying to throw bows and throw hands on somebody either. Uh, so according to a psychologist, Dr. John Gottman of uh, of George Washington, here's some crucial relationship advice. Don't know about this. It says, when you're arguing with your significant other, if you're having problems, you both should strip completely naked. When we argue, we act out of instinct, which is why we yell and say terrible things. But stripping naked pulls your brain out of that instinct, and you'll actually start listening and being more rational. Good luck with that. When you start arguing with your significant other, be like, hey, wait, 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 wait babe, hold on, hold on. we got to take off our clothes real quick, and I'm then not, we'll see if we're still mad. Yeah, I'm not sure if Hannah's listening, but I'll try it next time there you that go. happens, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, let you know. yeah, let us know. Get back to us and see if that study actually works. But, hey, there may be some people out there that will try it out, and if it works, who knows, maybe they'll stick with it as well. Family in Colorado had their RV stolen, and they said they were really upset because it had sentimental value. Well, it was actually recovered. But they were told that they still had to turn it over because the person or people that stole it turned it into a meth lab so they can no longer use it. And they said they do have insurance, so it could be replaced. But they felt like the stuff they had inside was more valuable than what was going to be replaced. They replaced up to $5,000, and they claimed up to $11,000 worth of stuff. We know that first impressions mean everything. And if some of you are out there that are wanting to make a great first impression here, according to studies, that the average person makes their first impression within the first 27 seconds of meeting someone else. And it says about one in three people usually make first impressions under 10 seconds. So if you're someone out there that's always trying to make sure you give the right first impression, just know you got 27 seconds to make it happen before most people start making uh, their rational thoughts or at least start saying that they like you or not. So, uh, But, Trent, we appreciate you coming in studio once again, man. It's good to have you in. Thank you for having me. Love love being here. Yeah. Great to see you again, Trent, in person. Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely going to keep that going. And, again, sponsor pending. But we'll make that there happen. For Trent Daniel and Joe Franklin, I'm John Neighbors. Same sports show, same sports channel tomorrow afternoon. Stay tuned, folks. we got Drive Time Sports coming up next. Is your Oaklawn the sound of starting gates and pounding hooves? Is it the first sip of the perfect post-time Bloody Mary? Or maybe it's just Saturdays with lots of friends and zero cares. No matter what you love about live racing at Oaklawn, it's back and better than ever. With more race days, bigger purses, and the top thoroughbreds in the world, this season is like no other. Make your reservations today at oaklawn.com. What's your Oaklawn? 